Hey, Howard Jacobson here. Welcome to today's Plant Yourself podcast. A quick reminder, this podcast is free for everyone and supported by patrons. So if you would like to find out about becoming a patron of the show and helping us out, helping defray the cost, helping to spread the message, you can do so at plantyourself.com slash gift. Thanks so much and enjoy today's episode. Hey, welcome to this Friday fertilizer from Plant Yourself. I'm Howard Jacobson. And today I want to talk about Vanderwall's forces to the rescue. So when I was in 11th grade, I came in third in the New Jersey Science League Chemistry 2 competition, which was odd because I wasn't one of the best chemistry students in the state by far. I wasn't even close to being the best chemistry student in my high school. Hell, I wasn't close to being the best chemistry student in my chemistry class. My grades were, you know, solid B's, and I only did that well because I was good at following instructions for computing things like acid base and redox reactions. I never really understood the reality behind those mathematical procedures that I was following. But the spring of 11th grade was the time that all my friends and I were in hot pursuit of anything interesting or impressive that we could slap onto a college application. So when I heard about the state chemistry contest, I entered at once. I didn't expect to garner any medals, but a lot of my friends would be on the bus. And anyway, it would probably be good practice for the advanced placement chemistry exam that I was hoping to pass a couple of months later. Mr. Geegan's advice. The contest was on a Saturday afternoon at some high school a couple hours drive away from my own. A bunch of us gathered in the Columbia High School parking lot and piled onto a small bus. Our chemistry teacher, Mr. Geegan, was there to see us off. Mr. Geegan was famous for being the funniest teacher at Columbia. His first lecture, a series of demonstrations of all the things not to do in chemistry lab, like secretly hooking up your lab partner's Bunsen burner tube to the water faucet, had us all in stitches. So we didn't take him that seriously when he shouted as we were pulling out of the parking lot. If you don't know the answer to a multiple choice question, you should always choose Vanderwall's forces if that's one of the options. Van der Waals forces. I did not know anything about Van der Waals forces. I had never heard of Van der Waals forces before that moment. I googled the phrase just now and was treated to the following definition, courtesy of the Oxford English Dictionary. Quote, weak, short range, electrostatic, attractive forces between uncharged molecules arising from the interaction of permanent or transient electric dipole moments. I have no idea what that means, except that it has something to do with how geckos can stick to walls, but not apparently walls. The test. I don't remember much about the test itself. Strangely, the only thing I recall with clarity is that it consisted of 60 questions. The other thing I remember is that I didn't know the answer to about 10 of them, which didn't seem at the time like it was going to portend anything good. I was competing, after all, against some of the smartest, most competitive and nerdiest kids in the entire state of New Jersey. Remind me to tell you one day how I contributed to our high school quiz bowl team's loss in the finals to Livingston High, wait, wait, don't tell me host Peter Sagel's team, by misspelling onomatopoeia. Never mind, looks like I just did. The only other thing I remember is that fully four of the questions that completely stumped me had one multiple choice answer in common. Can you guess what it was? Bonus points if you said Vanderwall's forces. The bus ride home. 
We didn't find out our scores for a couple of days, but like overeager grade grubbers everywhere, we debriefed that test endlessly on the bus ride home. What was the molecular weight of the compound in question nine? Which of the gaseous compounds in question 52 had the weakest attractive forces between particles? What was the total pressure in the flask after 24 minutes? Question 17. Stuff like that. Then we got to talking about the questions that could have been answered van der Waals forces. I hadn't a clue about any of them. So I did what Mr. Geegan suggested. I answered van der Waals forces to every single one. Matt and Michael were appalled at my ignorance. They had both understood the questions in greater detail than I. And yes, there was one question where van der Waals forces was the correct choice, but just one. The others had different answers. The only problem was Matt and Michael couldn't agree on those answers. They had a far deeper affinity for math and science than I did and could marshal evidence that I couldn't even comprehend. The results. As you know, I blew them out of the water. I beat everyone in the state, except for two kids whose identities I never paid attention to. Hopefully neither was Peter Sagal. That would be kind of demoralizing. Turns out that Mr. Geegan's advice, which he may or may not have been kidding about, was spot on. The answer to every one of those questions was van der Waals forces. I got 57 correct answers out of 60, which means I got lucky on three out of six non-van der Waalian questions and nailed all four of the van der Waals ones. But I achieved this distinction only because I didn't know enough to confuse myself. The fine art of overcomplication. Look, AP chemistry was hard. The principles of healthy living are not. But too often we complicate things by focusing on the tiniest details. Should I use dried or fresh turmeric in my morning smoothie? The unknown hypotheticals. What if I have the EPO4 gene? The trivial discrepancies between experts. But Dr. Greger says to eat four Brazil nuts a day and Dr. Esselstyn says to avoid all nuts. Even when we focus on essentials, we can drive ourselves batty by trying to juggle all the balls at once when we haven't yet learned how to throw a single ball from one hand to the other. Starting tomorrow, I'm going to begin each morning with 15 minutes of meditation, then 20 minutes on the treadmill. I'll make the overnight oats the night before and in the morning pack a green salad for work. Whew. Slow down. Josh keeps it simple. When Josh and I started coaching people in the Big Change program, I noticed something in his approach that changed the way I worked with clients. He kept coming back to a single question. How's your movement going? No, he wasn't talking about composing symphonies or shitting. He was talking about the person's implementation of their walking slash jogging slash running protocol. Someone would get on a coaching call and talk about how they had been eating really well, but lately they had slipped. They were eating oily restaurant food for lunch instead of choosing the healthy wrap they had brought with them. I would immediately jump into coaching them on their thoughts and behaviors at the moment they decided to uh, eat out. That was the issue, after all, what they did in that moment, right? Josh would take a different approach. He wasn't so interested in the specific details of that particular dynamic. Instead, he'd ask, when was the last time you went for a run? Inevitably, there'd be an embarrassed pause, followed by, yeah, I sort of let the movement slide lately. Aha. Uh -huh. It's the movement. What I learned from Josh is that once you have the ability to eat healthy and you've laid down any sort of track record, 
It's the movement part of your protocol that locks the new way of eating into place. When movement slips, eating suffers. Charles Duhigg calls exercise a keystone habit in his book, The Power of Habit, meaning in many cases, it's the thing that changes everything else. When you're moving your body on purpose with purpose, which can be walking, jogging, hiking, running, playing a team sport, playing a racket sport, skiing, surfing, horseback riding, cycling, swimming, dancing, gardening, pushing a wheelchair with your arms or any one of a thousand other variations, that habit makes every other positive habit easier to maintain. Move vigorously and you produce BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor, also known as miracle Grow for your brain. So it works more efficiently and you get smarter. Move vigorously and metabolize the flight or fight chemicals the way they were intended, rather than letting them stew in your bloodstream and poison your body and mood with stress and anxiety. Move vigorously and grow muscles that consume more energy, making weight loss easier and more efficient. Move vigorously and increase your sleep drive so you enter slumberland shortly after your head hits the pillow. If your health habits are slipping, it's easy to go down rabbit holes. It's tempting to read another self-help book or try the latest adaptogenic herb or watch another YouTube channel. I'm all for self-help books. I write them myself and I always enjoy hearing from people whom they've helped. I'm a big believer in adaptogens when they truly are the medicine for what ails us. And the University of YouTube has probably taught me more than four years of college and six years of grad school, but not more than you, Mr. Geegan. But most of the time, you don't need to learn more, think more, or consume new medicine to solve your lifestyle problem. You just need to move more. It's like life is a multiple choice test, and one of the answers to just about every question is move more. More, as in more consistently, or with more intensity, or for longer periods, or more regularly. If you always start with movement, you'll get the right answer an awful lot of the time. Certainly a lot more than if you choose the clever looking answers that will take you down long and winding rabbit holes. What are your van der Waals forces? Movement isn't the only van der Waals force related to healthy lifestyle. If you haven't cleaned up your diet yet, then your van der Waals forces might be oatmeal for breakfast. Nail that down and you've constructed a foundation for everything else to follow. If you stress eat and experience anxiety on a regular basis, then stress proofing will be your van der Waals forces. Practice calming breaths, do progressive muscle relaxation twice a day, and add the basic eye exercises from Stanley Rosenberg's book, Accessing the Healing Power of the Vagus Nerve, and the self-comforting techniques developed by Peter Levine. Look them up on YouTube. But there will almost always be one thing, one area of focus. One right answer that cuts through the confusion and self-generated complexity and gets you back on track. Let the smart kids come up with all the fancy answers. If you keep answering with your version of van der Waals forces whenever you're stumped about a lifestyle habit, you'll ace the test. Mr. Geegan and I will be proud of you, and the geckos won't fall off the walls. Postscripts. Mr. Geegan died in 2012. To give you a sense of the man, I have a link to a page where many of his former students shared their memories of him. And you can find that at plantyourself.com slash 373. And just for kicks, I accessed the Chemistry 2 tests and answer keys from 2011 to 2018. And not once was van der Waals forces the correct answer. I hope this finding does not invalidate the whole damn article.
So thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting the podcast if you do. And if you don't, you can check us out on Patreon. Just go to plant yourself if you'd like to become a contributor and help spread this word, spread the message, spread the mission. As always, be well, my friends. All right, time for thanks. Thanks to Will Ridenauer for allowing me to use his beautiful song, Sabali Dawn, The Dance of Peace. You can find more of Will's music at his website, willridenauer.com. And of course, thanks to all of you Plant Yourself podcast patrons. Kim Harrison, Lynn McClellan, Anthony Disson, Brittany Porter, Dominic Maurer, Barbara Whitney, Tammy Black, Amy Good, Amanda Hatherley, Mary Jane Wheeler, Ellen Kennelly, Mr. Cobb, Rachel Behrens, Christine Nielsen, Tina Sharp, Tina Ahern, Jennifer Kinoski, David Bizek, The Mysterious, Michelle X, Elspeth Feldman, Leah Stoller, Alan Christensen, Colleen Peck, Michelle Landry, Josina, Sarah Durkis, Rhymes of Circus, Kelly Cameron, Wayne Pedersen, Janet Selby, Janet Selby, Janet Selby, hi Janet, Claire Adams, Tom Franzek, Jeanette Benham, Gil Lassert, David Donahue, Blair Cyber, Dorona Vizov, Gio and Carl Carolyn Argentati, Jody Friesen, Ruth Ann Funderburg, Misha Rosen, Michael Warbeck, the equally mysterious Tracy Z, Aviva Lael, Alicia Lemus, Rebecca Hughes, Val Lenneman, Rhymes with Cinnamon, Nick Harper, Martha Bergner, Susan Ahmad, Nolly Levine, the inscrutable Harry R., Susan Laverty, the Panda Vegan, Craig Kovic, Adam Sharp, Karen Burry, Heather Morgan, Kelly Machia, Dean Norton, Bonnie Lynch at Plant Happy Oregon, Sabina Kurtzels, Nigel Davies, Marion Blum, Teresa Cobble, Julian Rodkins, Breed O'Connell. Shannon Hirschman, Linda Ayat, Holm Hedegaard, Isa Tuzinwa, Connie Hainline, Aaron Greer, Alicia Davis, Heather O'Connor, Carolyn Jensen, Sherry Olakowski of Plant Power for Health, Karen Smith, Scott Marani, Karen Joe Crabtree, Tanya Lewis, Kirby Burton, Teresa Carell, Kevin McCauley, Elizabeth Rothschild, Dan Jesse, Cheryl Dwyer, Jenny Hazleton, Valerie Peltier, Peter W. Evans, Colleen Harrison, Justin Divich, Ashra Summermeyer, Dennis Bird, Darby Kelly, Laurie Fanny, Linnea Lundquist, Valerie Hummel, Emily Iaconelli, Levy Wallach, Rosamund McAtee, Dan Bacorny, Stephen Lehman, Patty DiMartino, Mike and Donna Karts, Dean Bishop, Bill Brielf, Gunter Schmidt, Marjorie Lewis, Kelly Molden, Trisha Adams, Ian Kramer, Nancy Sheldon, Lindsay Bayshore, Gunmarie Hagen, Tracy Gulledge, Laura Heaton, Meg from Mama Says, Rochelle Kennedy, Diana Goldman, Stacey Stokes, Ben Savage, Michael Kay, Holly Butler, David Hughes, Connie Rogers, Claire England, Sally Robertson, Parham Ganshik, Amy Daly, Brian Tourville, Mark Jeffrey Johnson, Josie Dempsey, Karen Schmidt, Pamela Hayden, Emily Perryman, Olga Sidorowska, Allison Corbett, Richard Stone, Lauren Vaught of Edible Musings, Aaron Hasty, Sean Owen, Sagar Nayak, Erica Piedra, Danielle Roberts, and Michael Lushton for your generous support of the podcast. That's it for now. As always, be well, my friends. <laughs>